as we've noted here earlier, and on NPR News with Angela Davis, some pioneering restaurants owned by immigrants here in the Twin Cities have been closing. As that happens, there's a new generation of cooks upholding and expanding those traditions. One of them is Chef Eric Pham. His mother, Kwe Pham, and her relatives are the family behind Quang, a Vietnamese restaurant that's become an institution in Minneapolis. We met up with Eric Pham at Bar Brava, where he has a residency he's named Kwe's Kitchen, and he showed us how to make his favorite meatball sandwich, banh mi shu mai. I'm assuming you didn't just come to this in college and decide that you sort of watched her cook, you watched her run the restaurant, maybe at home, in the kitchen. What are your earliest memories of cooking and maybe cooking with your mom? She really trained my palate from such a young age. She didn't, she, she's not you know, actively training my palate, but she's just cooking good food all the time. And, and so your palate gets to know it. Yes, and yeah. you get to understand. You just start moving a lot quicker than all your other peers because of that foundation. You've named your residency here for your mom. Is that sort of a, if you will, an honor of her or even a peace offering? Because I understand she wasn't crazy about you doing this, right? Yes. So not even a year ago, when I was in college, actually, so when I was 19, I told my mom I was dropping out. And she was like, I sacrificed so much. I worked in the restaurant industry for 40 years for you to go to college, for you to get a higher education. That, so you didn't have to, right? Yeah, yeah, so that you didn't have to have this life, the, the sacrifice of being in the industry. She always wanted to have a higher education. She always wanted to go to school, but she couldn't. You're coming in as a refugee from the Vietnam War, you're, there's no time to do anything else other than work. She had to take care of six other siblings, five other siblings. So it's, it's, it's a lot. But yeah, it was very hard for her to see me throw it all away for something that I was so inspired by watching her. But as things were coming along, as things started picking up, and she saw that, hey, Eric can actually do this, he can actually cook, she sort of came around. There's been a trend in the Twin Cities of um, a sort of first-generation Asian immigrant restaurants closing up for whatever reason. There have been a few of them. Um, But tell me about, for you, what kind of impact is that having on you, or how important do you see those trailblazers people all these pioneers that came to the twin cities or even the any food city any anywhere they're coming in to a environment that isn't used to them yeah and then they're using ingredients that they're not used to and they don't have all of the tools and equipment that they 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 normally cooked with back home or back where they, where, where my family came from, Vietnam, they, everything's different. Yeah. Nobody speaks their language, and they're coming in, and we have to make it work. They evolve, and they change, and the food changes. How is your food different, and the food here different than uh, what your mom would prepare and serve? The food that I'm making here maintains the same level of flavor and the same basics and fundamentals, but elevated in a little bit higher end ingredients, um, a little bit more technique, but still having her side by side with me, making sure that just because you're elevating everything doesn't mean you don't pay respects to where it came from. But some dishes like we're making today, the, the siumai, the bun mi siumai, is a one-to-one copy of my mom. This dish is my, my favorite. It's a pork meatball that, that gets a bunch of vegetables, um, so we have simmering right there. Yeah, we have yeah. we have a bunch of vegetables. So we, my mom uses um, 
green onions and shallots. That's sort of her base. And then we have white onion, uh, some diced up bread. Yeah, and then like really fine yes. breadcrumbs. Yeah, cubes. Yeah, yeah. cubes. Of, yeah. Like breadcrumbs. It, it very much is your traditional meatball, mm-hmm. but with Vietnamese ingredients. That's it. Yeah. And then my mom's take the addition of purple radish or jicama. What's the ideal texture of these for the sandwich? Super, super airy and super soft and light because you, you don't want it to be any, any like bounciness to it or any of your conventional meatball textures because the bread is already that. When you use a banh mi, it's already crunchy and, and soft on the inside, but crunchy on the outside has a really tough texture sometimes. So that contrasts really well with the super soft meatball. So while the meatballs are cooking, tell me about that sauce. It almost looks like an Italian tomato sauce. Yes. It, it truly is an Italian marinara sauce. But, really? Yeah. But, you know, the, it's, it's crazy. When I was watching my mom make it, I was like, huh, you're just doing the exact same things any Italian restaurant or grandma would do. It, uh-huh. it, yeah. She starts off by simmering all of her onions and garlic. And then tomato paste goes on top of that. And you sort of cook out the tomato paste. And then she throws in her garlic powder, her any of her spices, just to, like, toast them just a little bit. Yeah. Right before she throws in all the crushed tomatoes. We use Roma tomatoes for our tomato oh, wow. sauce. Okay. So we'll throw all those in. And then the only difference that she does is she adds oyster sauce oh, and soy wow. sauce. Yeah, okay. So you get a completely different flavor profile up until that point you could put it on spaghetti and everyone would be happy (laughs) but the moment she puts those two things on it's a different sauce that goes perfectly well with the meatballs yeah Yeah. we're going to take the tomato sauce and just add a little bit of our cooking water because i do want the sauce to be a little bit thinned out and so i can control the texture at the end the, the the thickness at the end what's the ideal bread the only kind you really should use for banh mi you have to go to a vietnamese bakery you have to that butteriness and mm-hmm. the, crunch. the crunch, the crispiness on the outside is completely different. My, my brother always says that, you know you got a good banh mi when it shreds the roof of your, of your mouth. Your mouth. Uh, yeah, exactly. you, know, you know it was a good time. All right. Just dig in. Here. Just dig in, yeah. Mm. Mm. This is a very good time. Yeah. And the texture of the meatball and the texture of the bread is perfect. What did your mom say when she tried this, when you had perfected the recipe? She knows. I, my sister talked about it. She's like, Mom, what, is it, what, what does it feel like to know that all your recipes and all the food you've been making, like, people love it? Like, what does that feel like? And she just starts, like, she just laughs about it. It's like, she's been doing it for such a long time, but the food that she's always made at home has never been sold. So when I am sort of doing that and, and carrying on her legacy... There isn't really much that she needs to say. Eric Fahm, thanks for inviting us into your kitchen, Quay's Kitchen at Bar Brava. And uh, thanks for the uh, banh mi, the banh mi shumai. It was uh, was a pleasure having you guys.